Good morning, Bridge. How y'all doing this morning? Good. I'm so glad that you're here with us. I'm Pastor Rob. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and we're excited that you are joining us this morning. Um, this morning, uh, we are... Uh, the series in the summer is we're calling it Voices, right? So we're hearing from a bunch of different voices, some guest speakers and uh, people in-house. And uh, so this morning I get to invite my wife Christy to speak with me this morning. And so if you don't know Christy, um, Christy works in our, on our office here at the church. She does a lot of communications. And uh, she, uh, she always has a smile on her face, but this is not her favorite place to be, um, is in, up on stage. And so... Or, so so this morning, um, I invited her to join us in being a voice um, that, that people, that our church gets, gets to hear this morning. And so uh, thank you for, for being with us. And uh, before we dive into God's Word this morning, um, I want to um, invite you to, I want to say thank you. Sorry, I'm moving these water bottles because they're in the way. I'm gonna, I don't want to look at water bottles. I want to look at you guys. So it makes more sense. Um, I want to celebrate what God is doing in and through Bridge Community Church. Um, about a, a little over a month ago, we invited you all to be part of helping to build a children's home in India. And uh, our own missionary, uh, Jess Oberholzer from here at Bridge, um, is there. And uh, her team felt God calling them to build a children's home for kids who had lost both parents to the COVID pandemic. And, um, and so I have really good news. So they had a goal of raising $60,000, right? And it was, their team had a goal of raising $60,000. So between, you know, the churches that are represented from people on their team. Well, I can tell you that through Bridge Community Church, there has been over $55,000 given towards that $60,000. Like, that is incredible, like through this church. And there are other churches that are represented that are helping support this children's home. And you say, well, what if they raise over $60,000? Like, what does the money go for? See, I think that God knows the need even before the, they were, their team was even to ask, right? And so I know that, that there's going to be needs that are going to be coming up that they didn't even expect. And I believe that God just is saying, hey, you know what? You're just, this thing's going to pop up, but you already have the funds to make it happen. So these kids are just not going to be surviving as they are right now. They're actually going to have a place where they can live and they can thrive. And so we're excited to see what God does in and through that, that children's home over the next upcoming weeks and months. And I, I'm just so, I, I just, my mind is blown. Like whenever I got the text message yeah. from our bookkeeper this week, I asked, I said, hey, how much do we raise? My jaw like hit the floor. Like that's just amazing. And so, um, Thank you all for participating. Thank you for being part of that. And um, yeah, I, you guys, uh, we're gonna, you'll hear from Jess here in a couple weeks about, from, she's going to send us a little video just about what their plans are and what they're going to do going forward. So that's awesome. It's something to celebrate. So thank you, Jesus. One other thing, Team Challenge Bags. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> next week is our last day for Team Challenge Bags. And uh, if we still have a lot of bags on the tree. So if you haven't taken a bag, it costs about 30 bucks to fill. If you could take it, fill it with some, uh, some of the health and beauty products that are on the list and, and bring it back. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And we would, we would appreciate that. The kids, the, the, kids, the guys at Teen <laughs> Challenge would, would, would appreciate those as well. And uh, it's always an awesome opportunity to be able to bless them. And so, uh, yeah. Well, let's dive into God's word. How about that? Sound good? <laughs> Um, we're going to be in 1 Kings uh, chapter 19 this morning. So if you have your Bibles, um, if you would turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. 
And underneath the seat, uh, seats in front of you, there are, there are Bibles if you need to, uh, if you would like to uh, pull one of those out. If you don't have a Bible, you can take that Bible with you. We're in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 to 13. And uh, as you're turning there this morning, I want to give you a little bit of background of like where we're at when we get to 1 Kings chapter 19. Because we just start reading in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, you'd be like, where are we at? Like, what's going on? So let me give you just a little bit of background of where we're at. So this is the story of, of Elijah, the prophet. And um, at this point, the nation of Israel had been under God's judgment for three years. And there was this prophet Elijah who was sent to speak to the nation of Israel to, to be the voice of God to them. And, and, and Elijah had seen God um, provide for him supernaturally time and time again. See, part of the judgment on the nation of Israel was, was a drought. And during this, during this drought, um, Elijah had witnessed um, God had provided Elijah food by sending ravens to feed him by a brook. Um, he, he saw God, uh, God had provided food by continuously stretching uh, a widow's oil and flour. Uh, and then uh, at one point, Elijah was at Mount Carmel and was, in, was confronted with the, the prophets of Baal, on Mount Carmel, and the Lord displayed His mighty power by by sending fire to consume a, a sacrifice, um, not just a sacrifice, but Elijah had poured a bunch of water on the sacrifice, and even the water was 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 burnt up by the fire, and and then after that, uh, Elijah called these people to to turn to the one true God, and, and Elijah Elijah God then God then sent Elijah, and he he slaughtered 450 false prophets. And then Elijah prays to God and answers his prayer by sending rain to end the drought. So then we pick up in the story and this chick named Jezebel shows up. Right? <laughs> Jezebel happens to be the queen and she also happens to have, um, well, the 450, uh, 450 uh, false prophets that Elijah killed, they happened to work for the queen. So she was not very happy with Elijah. And she had it out for him, right? She even sent a messenger to Elijah to tell him that she would certainly have him killed for everything that he did. Now, like anybody, this obviously filled Elijah with fear, and he ran. He ran for his life, all because he heard the voice of Jezebel. He ran for about a day and a half and sat down under a tree and decided that he might as well give up, and he prayed that he might even die. You see, he'd seen God do so many things that provided for his needs time and time again. But he heard the voice of Jezebel and he ran. Then God sent an angel to wake him up, prepare some food for him. He woke up, he ate the food, he went back to sleep. Angel woke him up again, made some more food, so he got up, he ate again. And this was all so he could have enough sustenance to make the journey ahead. So he journeyed for, uh, for 40 days and nights until he reached Mount Horeb. And uh, he went into the cave at Mount Horeb and he spent the night. And this is where our passage picks up, reading from 1 Kings 19, 9 through 13. It says, There he went into the cave and spent the night. The Lord appears to Elijah, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. 
After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then, the voice, then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that as we um, look, at, look at your scripture and we look at what, what your word says uh, this morning, God, I just pray you'll give us ears to hear. God, give us eyes to see. God, open our hearts to, to, to receive what you have for us this morning. Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, just guide us as we share. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. So I've been thinking a lot about recently about the voices that we hear in our lives. Um, Pastor Matt and their, the student minister are actually doing a series called Voices. And part of that was because we were talking one day and I, I was like, hey, like, like, what about the voices that we hear? Like, we were, we were talking about different series and this stuff. And he was like, oh, that's a great idea. So he, like, he ran with it first. He stole my idea. Jeez, stole my idea. So he ran with it. He, he ran with it. And it's great because they're, they're talking about the voices that we hear. And so I, I was like, I don't have time this summer to speak about all the voices that we hear. They're breaking out each one. But we're going we're gonna to talk about the voices that we hear and how they impact our lives. And, yes, I said we all hear voices. Um, no, we're not all crazy. Well, maybe some of us are, Christy. Um, but we all hear voices, but and voices that are very real in our lives. Like, I think that sometimes we think, like, voices are, like, fake voices. But some of these voices we're talking about this morning are voices that are, that are very real. Yeah, you know, they're voices that um, lead us in good directions. They bring blessing to our life. And then there's voices that aren't so kind, and they can even lead to our destruction. Now, before we get into the details of the voices that we hear, um, I want to go back to our passage for a minute. And I've read these, voice, these verses, these voices, I've read these voices, I've read these verses multiple times in my life, right? Like looking at this scripture and oftentimes you, you look at it from the perspective of like, look at God's mighty power, right? And, and with the wind and the earthquake and the fire or, or, or what have you. Um, but it wasn't until we were like putting, I was putting this, we were putting this together that I saw in verse 13 that, that God starts with a question and he asks Elijah, he says, what are you doing here? And then in verse 14, we get the answer and Elijah says, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. And it's apparent from, from his answer and the rest of this preceding story that Elijah had been hearing some voices in his life, not just the voice of God, but other voices that were impacting, that were impacting his life. And, and what gets me the most about this is Elijah's running, right, from, from Jezebel, but he had just seen God do some pretty awesome things through his life. Like, how many of us have actually seen God send fire from heaven and burn up the, an altar with a sacrifice in front of us, including water? Like, how many of us have ever seen God take a, 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 some flour and oil and make it continuously pour out to where, like, multiple jars of oil were filled? How many, you know, like, he had seen these things happen. He's seen ravens bring him food. Like, I've never had a robin that, that, that lives on my back porch bring me food. But he had seen this happen for sustenance and, and to, help him, to help him live. He had seen God's power. He had seen God move time and time again. Yet there were these voices that were shaping his perspective. They were, they were changing his assessment of truth. 
They were even speaking to his faith and even his will to live. We all hear voices, no matter whether we're a seasoned, mature Christian or whether we're, we're a new believer. It, it doesn't matter where we're at. It, even the, even as, a, as a non-believer, you hear voices that shape your perspective of life and how you process life. So today, my question to you is, are we any different? Are we any different than Elijah? How often have we seen God's faithfulness in our life? And then we, have, we, we hear something, a voice that speaks to us that says, oh, that may not be true. Or, or, that's, not the, or that's not the way it's going to work out. Or we have doubts or we have fears or, or what have you. How many times have we heard voices that begin to shape our thinking, our decisions, and our faith? Yeah, you know, the voices that we hear, they speak into our lives and they can be so powerful. They can be so powerful that they oftentimes overpower the voice of God. So now what if we take the elements in the scripture that we just read, the wind, the earthquake, and the fire, that Elijah experienced, and they represent the voices that we hear. How do they impact our lives? So we have a wind, right? The wind tears, tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks. So I believe that voices have the same power to tear us apart and shatter us to the core. They can move us in changing our direction for our lives, even if it's not the place that we want to go. The voices can persuade us and move us in a different direction. The earthquake, voices that shake us and cause us to become unstable. And then we have the fire, voices that, that burn us and they hurt us. Yeah, but see, God's voice is different in the scripture. Scripture says it was a gentle whisper. It was quiet, still, calm, comforting, guiding, directing, truthful. When we choose to give our ear to the gentle whisper, that voice impacts us and it can surpass all of the other voices if we let it. So what are some of the voices we hear and how do they impact us, right? I think the first one hits pretty close. So the first voice that I believe that we hear is the voice inside. Mm -hmm. And the voice inside comes from our own thoughts um, that are often filled with fear, doubt, and, and even an improper perspective, right? So this voice might say things like, I'm not good enough. There's nothing special about me. I'm worthless. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. How could God love me? God couldn't possibly forgive what I've done. I, I know I shouldn't, but I can't resist. It's only a small sin. No one loves me. I'm a failure. I'm stupid. Uh, I, I can't do anything right. You know, like the wind, this voice can, can shatter us. And it can even like just, just change our direction, change our destiny of where we're, where we're headed in life and destroy everything that we know to be true. Uh, this voice can sometimes um, even take on like, I, I, I don't know how to say this, but like a false sense of humility in a way um, yeah. that keeps us from walking out maybe what God has called us to. So if we take, like, let's look at another example from Scripture, the story of Gideon, right, in Judges 6, 14 to 16. And Judges 6, 14 to 16. And it's going to be on the screen here. And, and it says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel. He, this is God talking to Gideon. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in, in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. 
See, I think Gideon had like this like false sense of humility, right? Like he's like, I'm the weakest in my family. Like there's other people, or I'm the least in my family. There's other people who are more qualified. There's other people who, who might be stronger. There's other people who might be older and, and more, more mature to be able to, to, to do this. He said, and then have you looked at my friends? Have you looked at my clan? Like they're the weakest around. Like, they're the weakest people around. I don't know. Don't look at your friends that way. That's not a good perspective <laughs> to have of your friends. But look at the people I hang out with. Like, they're, they're weak. This voice, the voice of self, that is what disqualifies us. Throughout Scripture, we see men and women who heard this voice inside. Yeah, so Moses heard the voice. He said, send someone else. I can't even speak well. Mary heard the voice as she fought to believe the message that the angel brought her when she was to bear the Savior of the world. Peter heard the voice after he denied Jesus three times. It took Jesus three times to get through to him to say, I'm going to use you to fulfill my mission in the world. So we have the voice inside, and then the next voice is the voice outside. This voice impacts us like an earthquake. They shake us and it causes us to stumble. The voice outside can include things like media, social media, TV, politics. Uh, these all speak into our lives, whether we want to admit it or not. You know, watching the highlight reel of other people's lives, that's not reality. And it breeds unhealthy thoughts from our inner voice. Uh, the stuff we view, it's not real life. Yet why do we allow this voice to ultimately change our perspective and shape our thinking? Uh, so we read this statistic in 2020. Granted, 2020 wasn't a very unusual year. But with that being said, the average American adult spent an average of 6,259 hours that year alone glued to gadgets. That's TV, that's smartphones, that's computer screens. That's 17 hours a day. Like, you realize there's only 24 hours in a day, right? <laughs> like, when do you sleep? I don't know. When do you eat? That's more what I'm concerned <laughs> about. Forget sleep. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but 17 hours a day. It's crazy. Like, it's, I know that it was during a unique season, a, new, right. a unique year, but I think it just puts in perspective how much time that, that we spend entertaining this outside yeah. voice. Like, we're bringing this outside voice into our lives. And through, you know, maybe it's computers, technology, smartphones, TV, social media, whatever you, whatever, whatever that, that the outside voice is. See, I think another outside voice, we talked about, you know, media, another outside voice could be others, um, others that are in our life. So maybe that's fa family, friends, or, or foes. Um, these, these people's voices in our lives can be positive and, and they can be negative. Um, they either speak against the inner voice that, that, that we hear in our lives, or they amplify the inner voice. They either encourage us or they discourage us. They either hold us up, they either build us up, or they tear us down. You know, in the story of Elijah, these voices, these outside voices of others, like, canceled out everything that God had done. Like we had said, like, God had done so much for Elijah, but all of that became null and void when he heard the voice of Jezebel. Uh, threatening, th threatening him. He had seen God move time and time again, and yet it left him feeling, uh, feeling afraid, feeling alone. He said, I I'm the only one left. It made him flee in fear, and he even prayed that he would die. Like, 
It drove him to that point. These outside voices did. Yeah, you know the quote, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, right? It sounds cliche, but it's so true. It's even said that who you are is the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Their voices impact us whether we see it or not. Proverbs 13.20 says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So we have media, we have others. Another outside voice can be our culture. You know, our culture's voice in our life has, I don't know, has everything backwards, right? It, it tells us we have to live life a certain way. Our, our success is based on our car, our house, um, our job, our wealth. You have to look this way, you have to look that way. Um, our culture pushes us to do rather than to be. Busy in our culture is a good thing. And being relaxed or having free time can be considered lazy. You know, as a new mom, uh, this voice is extremely hard to ignore. You have to be doing this with your baby, or don't do that with your baby, or breastfeeding, or bottle feeding, or co-sleeping, or use this product because it's absolutely the best. Uh, you know, leave your child alone, or don't leave your child alone, or um, give them independent play, I don't know. <laughs> so don't hold them too much because it'll spoil them. This voice is just confusing and frustrating. And if I let this voice speak the loudest in my life, it would change who I am as a mom. Not all voices are bad. Not all outside voices are bad. We just have to learn to filter what causes uh, these voices to speak into our lives. See, I think the problem with outside voices um, is that they don't always see things from God's perspective. Right? right? Like, that's, that's the big... They don't see, it, they don't see, we don't, they don't see things through God's lens. God's lens. They can be filled with a lack of compassion and understanding. They can be filled with misinformation, ignorance, bias, and even hate. Not every voice from outside is negative, but it has to be filtered through the word of God in order for us to accept it. Um, the third voice, we talked about the voice inside, the voice outside. The third voice that I want to talk about this, this morning is the voice from below, the voice below. And this is the voice that comes straight from the pit of hell, the devil himself. Well, I don't believe that there's a demon around every corner, and I, I know, but I know that our enemy is real, and he has a voice in our lives. And, and that's why he's called the father of lies, because he, ha he has a voice. In John 8, it says this, it says, The devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to truth, for there is no truth in him. When he, when he, lies, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yeah, you know, he's called the deceiver. He manipulates the truth to fit his purpose. He sows doubt and fear. The scripture says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his sole goal. The voice below says things like, God can't forgive you. God's, God's finished with you. God has forgotten you. Uh, you'll never be free. You've messed up so many times. There's no hope. You're weak. You're insignificant. You're not smart enough. It's okay. Everyone's doing it. How could it be wrong if it feels so right? It would be better if you were dead. See, I remember a time back in middle school and high school for me that I allowed this voice to overpower every other voice in my life. See, I heard the words, you're stupid, even though I was a straight-A student taking honors classes and AP classes. I heard the words, you're weak and insignificant. You're, you're going to amount to nothing. No one cares about you. God doesn't even care. Your family doesn't care. You have no friends. You have no hope. And I believe these lies from the pit of hell. Like, I, I believe them to where, like, you couldn't even change my, my, thought for, my thought process or my perspective. 
And, and I even believe that it would be better if, if I was dead. I wouldn't be a problem to anyone then, right? Like, that's what I believed. And I remember sitting in my room multiple times, contemplating suicide, even trying, trying, trying a couple of times. And the voice from below almost took my life. And I can tell you, this voice is very real. This voice can change us if we allow it, to, if we allow it and give ear, ear to it. But thank God for the fourth voice that we're talking about, and that's the voice from above, because it saved my life. Yeah. And see, Elijah's heard the voice inside. He's heard the voice outside. He's heard the voice below, but it was time that he learned to listen to the voice above. This is the most important voice. And for Elijah, it came as a gentle whisper. The voice above, it speaks truth from God. And, you know, this happens through his word. It happens through Holy Spirit. Yeah, this voice will always tell us the truth. It's the opposite of the voice from below. <laughs> He, he, he cannot lie. God cannot lie. This voice from above cannot lie. And he would never deceive us. See, 1 Samuel 15, 29 says this. It says, He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. You know, and if you hear us today and you're a believer in this room, this is the most important voice that you can hear. In John 10, 27, it says, the, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep know my voice. Yeah, the voice above says things like, I created you, I love you, I have a purpose for you, I forgive you, I will restore you, I will heal your past and give you a future. I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I'm always with you. My ways are right and good. I am for you, not against you. Nothing can separate you from my love. I will give you strength. Without me, you are sinful, without hope, but in me, you are redeemed, valued, my son, my daughter, whom I well please. Now, I want to make sure we're clear this morning. Like, not every voice from above will be a gentle whisper, right? right? <laughs> God speaks to us in ways that will get our attention in the season of life that yeah. we are in. For some, it might be life circumstances. For some, it may be a gentle whisper. For some, he may need to speak through another person. Maybe he needs to speak... Maybe he needs to speak through, through his Holy Spirit inside you. Maybe it's through his word. God may need to speak some hard truth to us sometimes. It's not so gentle in, 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 our, in our perception. And sometimes it might hurt. But you can be assured that even the harshest of truth will be spoken in love and, 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 for, and for ultimately for our good. In order to hear the voice of God from above, we must believe that God is real and that we can hear from God. And that he wants to be involved in our life. See, I think that oftentimes, like, we disqualify that, like, well, God's some this far out being, right? Like, that he, he, he doesn't really want to communicate with me or he doesn't have yeah. time. Like, he's so busy. Like, he doesn't have, he's dealing with everything else. He doesn't have time to actually talk with me or, or speak with me. But he does. He wants to be involved in your life. We must believe that God wants to and that he will speak to us. See, oftentimes we allow this voice inside, the voice outside, the voice below, and the voice below to overpower the voice from above. Yeah. You say, Pastor Robin Christie, so what? Like, how do we make the voice from above the loudest so it can have the most impact in our lives? Well, this morning, like, that's really what we want to get to is we want to get to something that's like super practical, right? Like, mm -hmm. we can talk about these four voices, but unless we get to something that's super practical, like, how do we walk this out? So some of these might seem familiar to some of you. We break it down to this. Listen, learn, and live. So the first one is listen. How does God speak? 
He speaks in many ways. He speaks audibly. He speaks through his word, through Holy Spirit, the voice inside, through others, through circumstances. He speaks visually through dreams and pictures. There's no doubt that he speaks. The question is, do we listen? You know, there's a big difference between hearing something and listening to something. Listening implies concentration, attention, focus on what's being heard. It also implies understanding. Sometimes we willfully and purposely refuse to listen because we don't like what's being said. Thus the term selective hearing. None of us guys struggle with that, right? <laughs> but, for, but, but for real, how often times do we hear God speak and then we're like, oh, I don't really like that. Or it hurts <laughs> a little bit, right? Ouch. And we're like, oh, just, just ignore it. Just walk the other way or turn on the TV, right? Or pick up my yeah. phone or, or whatever that may be. Or, or we're in God's word and we read something and, you're like, and we're like, ah, oh, that doesn't really apply to me. It applies to everybody else in the world, but it doesn't really apply to me. Or I know that person that this applies to, but it doesn't apply to me, right? And, and we just glance over, glance over scripture quickly. Do we practice selective hearing with God? Do you practice selective hearing with God? Don't let other voices shape what God is speaking to you. So to listen, we actually have to concentrate, bring attention, focus, actually understand what is being said. The second way we can listen is through avoiding distractions. And as we said earlier, 6,259 hours in 2020, the average adult. And I think some of you in this room are probably practicing selective hearing, going, oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> but meanwhile, you're probably on your phone looking at Facebook or social media as we're talking. Those hours add up. So let me encourage you. Create an atmosphere where you can speak to God and God can speak to you. The Bible talks about how God speaks in quiet. You know, he, the psalmist writes in Psalm 63, he says, early in the morning I will seek you. When is the quietest part of the day? Like, I've been outside, I like, I, go, I like to hunt, right? So I'm outside in the mornings at 4 a.m., and I could be sitting in the woods, and I can hear a leaf fall from a tree. Yeah. Like, I can hear it, like, all the way down, I like can hear it hit the ground. Like, that is quiet. That is where God speaks. Jesus himself went into the garden alone to pray, away from the noise. Even for Elijah in our story, God didn't speak through the loud noises of the wind or the loud noises of the earthquake or the loud noise or, 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 or even through the loud noise of the fire. He spoke in a gentle whisper. Can God speak through those loud noises? Absolutely. If God chose to speak through an earthquake, he can speak through an earthquake. If he chose to speak through wind, he could speak through wind. If he chose to speak through fire, he could do those things. But can I be honest? There's a bunch of noise. We're not usually listening. When there's other things that are, uh, are taking our attention, we're not usually focused and listening to what God might want to say. Yeah, you know, you create an atmosphere where you can hear God speak and you can talk to him. And then you also want to create times for rest in this busyness of life. If you were here with us last Sunday, Pastor Mark did an awesome job talking to us about rest. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. The book of Romans says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what we talked about. How many weeks did we talk about in the Roman series? A lot. I don't even know, a lot. There was a, there's a lot of weeks of Roman series. But this is what we talked about through the Roman series. To hear God's voice and know his will, we must be willing to live our lives differently. 
For some, this might be to slow down so we can actually listen. So it's even more practical, right? Like I'm yeah. going to give you some like super practical illustration of how you can do this in your life. So for me, like I block times that I can spend hearing in, in, in quiet. I block times for rest. Now, not every week do I get large blocks of time. <laughs> I, I wish that I had large blocks of time. But I, I block, these t- block time for this, for quiet time. You know, for me, my quiet time happens in the car. And not, not usually while I'm driving. I usually pull, will pull into a parking lot somewhere. I'll have a block, seat, block period of time. Because, you know, in my car, it's almost quiet. It's almost silent. Put the, shut the phone off. Put in the cup holder. Set an alarm on my phone if I need to so I'm not tempted to look at the time every five minutes. <laughs> and spend time in quiet. So I'm reading God's word, praying, and, and just listening. Silence is okay. Our culture doesn't tell us that silence is okay, but silence is actually okay. Practice it. Practice some minutes of silence, and you'll be amazed what you'll, what you'll actually hear when God speaks to you. The, the second, other than we talked about listening, the second way is to learn. And this is the, to spend time in God's word every day. Read it. Meditate on it. Repeat it. Memorize it. You know, Psalms 1, 1 and 2 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. The law of the Lord, God's word. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. If we want to know where to go in life, we have to spend time in God's word. We want to hear how God's speaking for direction for our lives. We have to spend time in God's word. You know, a recent LifeWay study found that 32% of regular church attenders don't... No, I, I, I misquoted that. Recent a recent LifeWay study found that only 32% of regular church attenders read their Bible personally every day. Only 32%. So that's 32% of those of you who are in this room who call yourself a regular church attender. The statistic says that only 32% of you read your Bible every day. And we wonder why we don't hear God speak in our lives. I'm just being real this morning. So oftentimes I get asked, how do I hear God speak? How do I know God's direction for my life? How do I know his will in this decision? And my answer to people is, when's the last time you picked up his word and read it? I don't think, I don't know. I've never heard God speak an audible voice to me, but I've opened his word and I've had him give me direction for my life. I've had him speak direction in in different circumstances and decisions that I'm walking through. You know, When's the last time you read his word? When's the last time you listened to it? He gave us the Bible as his word to us. It's his voice to us. It's one of his ways that he speaks. If you want to hear his voice, get in his word. If you need directions for a decision, get in his word. If you need directions on how to parent your child, get in his word. If you want to, every life's problem, there's going to be, there's direction from God's word that can help you and guide you and direct you. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light for our path. That's good. Philippians 4, 6 is, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, with prayers and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You know, while I was having my quiet time one morning, I think it was like 2018, roughly, I read over this passage, just like I normally do, skimmed over it, and I had no idea the impact that this verse was going to have on my life over the next two years. I kept reading this verse over and over. I memorized it. I prayed it. I said it aloud multiple times a day. And little did I know what the future held, but I held on to this verse. 
And if you know anything about our story, not going into details, <laughs> but there were so many emotional ups and downs that I battled with my health, trying to get pregnant once again, and you know what? It was almost too much to handle. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation with prayers and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And God stepped in like he always does because I allowed his voice, this verse, to speak the loudest because I took time to read his word and listen and pray. He gave me rest when I needed rest. He gave me strength when I needed strength. She talked about practical steps to amplify God's voice. Listen, learn. And the last one is, is live. Mm -hmm. And uh, do what he's speaking to you to do. It's, it's be obedient. Just do it. Just, like, just do it. That's like the Nike theme, right? Yeah. Just do it. I don't, maybe, still. <laughs> um, be obedient. Stretch a muscle. Jesus said those who are blessed are those who hear his word and put it into practice in Luke eleven twenty eight. 28. See, I get asked this question, well, I don't know if it was God's voice or not that was speaking to me. I don't know if God was, was telling me to, to, do, to do this thing. Well, here's an illustration, right? If your neighbor's mower dies and you feel like you should help him get a new mower or help him fix his mower or, or whatever have you, here's, here's, some, here's some test questions you can ask, okay? Does it benefit me? Well, not really. No. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Does it conflict? Is it contrary to God's word? Well, God's word doesn't say anything about it being bad for us to help our neighbor do something or fix, fix his mower, right? It actually says something contrary to that. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> if it were me, I'd probably go buy myself a new mower if my mower was broke. So, okay, there. We could, maybe we could just stop there and not even go on with this illustration. But, but stretch the muscle. Does God's word say it's wrong? No. In fact, it says, love your neighbor. So exercise that muscle. Help your neighbor fix his mower or get a new mower. You know, put it, put it like this. The voice outside, our culture, tells us, and our voice inside, and the voice from below, are never going to speak to us to do something good that benefits somebody else. They're going to say, be selfish, do something that's destructive, do something that, 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 that is self-seeking. Do what only benefits you. So let me encourage you. Exercise the muscle. If you say, well, you know what, Pastor Rob, it's not just as simple as like a mower. It's like a major life decision. How do, I, how, do, how do I handle that? Like, well, the first thing is, is does the major life decision contradict God's word? No. no. Okay. Well, I need to make sure that I'm hearing from God correctly. Well. You can be in community with others. Uh, this is being community with other believers. Listen to what they are saying, because maybe God's using them to speak to you. But how do I know it's God? Is what they're saying in alignment with God's word and what he's already speaking to you? Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there's no counsel, the people fall, but in the, multiple, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So you want to be in community with other believers. You also want to have accountability in your life. Have those who can ask you those hard questions. What is God speaking to you? How has he been speaking to you? Let them challenge you on whether you've been obedient or not. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so man, so one man sharpens another. So how do we live? We need to be obedient. How do we, we need to be in community with other believers, have some accountability in our lives. And then the last one is make godly choices. I know that this may seem like, like, 
well, duh, like if I want to hear God speak and I want to do these things, like I probably should be making godly choices. Yeah, so but ask yourself the question, what are you filling yourself with? If you want to hear God's voice, you need to know him. You need to spend time with him. You need to practice what he is speaking. Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. How do we find out what is true, what is right, what is pure? It's through his word. It's not what our culture says is pure. It's not what our friends or family or foes say is right. It's through knowing God and listening to what he, is, what, what he is speaking and pursuing a deeper relationship with him. The more we do these things, the more we open our hearts and ears to listen to what the voice of God or voice from above is speaking to us. It's like muscle memory, right? Like you ride a bike you, you kind of like, okay, I can do this. You stop riding for like five years. You know what? You can still get on the bike, and most people can still ride the bike. Might take you a minute. Might take you a minute, <laughs> but you can still stretch that muscle. It's a little bit of muscle memory. Yeah. You can remember how to, how to do Oh, I remember how that felt. I remember how that happened. Yeah. If we do this constantly in our lives, it's amazing how often and how, how much more you will hear God speak to you. I'm going to ask our worship team if they would come this morning. So, you know, we've talked a lot about what we should be doing, learning to listen, learn, and live, but how, how do we start to do this? How do we practically start to do this? Well, we broke it down for you a little bit and wrote a few super practical things that we want to challenge you to start this week. So the challenge for this week, first one, set aside time. Start the day with set aside time to talk with God and to listen. Ask him to speak to you. Well, how much time? Start where you're at. If you do 15 minutes already, do 20. If you don't do any, start with five minutes. The second one is to spend less time with distractions. That's TV, that's phone, computers, social, mini, social media. How do you do that? Maybe cut out 30 minutes a day. Watch one less show a day. Maybe scroll five less minutes every time you pick up your phone for Facebook or TikTok or Instagram. And then the next one is rest. Set aside time each day for rest. Spend this time in God's word reading scripture. How much? Well, if you aren't reading any, just do one to three verses. Spend time meditating on it. Ask God what he's speaking through those verses. Pray, pray it. Say it out loud. Another one is memorize one verse. I didn't know how much Philippians 4, 6 was going to mean to me, but I took time to memorize it. I felt like I needed to memorize it. Be intentional about community and accountability. Ask a friend to join you in this challenge. It's so much easier when you have somebody else doing this with you. You know, I know for some this might seem like a lengthy list, right? And if that's you, I just want to encourage you, pick two. Pick two of these things and begin to walk them out this week. And the last challenge is for everyone. This week, begin to filter everything that you let speak into your life. Use Philippians 4 as an example. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
See, sometimes truth is painful and we filter out truth, right? Let's look at, let's look at the voices that speak into us. Maybe let some of that painful truth in. And let the voices, let the voice from above begin to, begin to speak to us the most. Let's open our ears, open our hearts to the most important voice that can speak into our lives. Let's filter everything else out this week. And for some of you, this challenge of these six things might be super, might feel like, okay, that's just gonna be really hard. For some of you, this might be like, this is super easy and I'm already doing almost all these, that's fine. Add to it, lengthen your time, read more of God's word, memorize more scripture. You know, we live in a biblically illiterate society. Most people in most of our churches can't even quote one verse that they have memorized. As we read the statistic before, 88 per, no, 78% of the people in our church do not read, don't read the Bible on a, on a daily basis. 68, sorry, 68. I was off by 10. 100 minus 32. Yeah, 68. But think about that. Yeah. That's a huge percentage, over a half. Chunk. Get into God's word. And as you do these things, you'll begin to hear God speak. So as we close today, we can't do this without the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? Sure. Like as a believer, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me and he's guiding me and he's gonna be one of the voices that we hear from above. He's gonna be one of the ways that, that God is able to speak to us and guide us. So as we close today, let's invite the Holy Spirit to amplify, to help us amplify the voice of God in our lives to help us maybe take this week's challenge and, and walk it out. So would you, would you stand with us this morning? I'm going to pray over us and then the, the team's going to sing this song. Father, I thank you for your voice. I thank you that you are a God who is living and active and wants to interact with your people. And Father, I thank you that, that you want to speak into our lives. And Lord, I pray this morning as we... Uh, as we close this service, we, we invite your Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Holy Spirit, have your way in my heart, in my life this week. God, guide us and direct us as we walk out what, what, what we feel like you're calling us to as a church. God, that we would be a people who, who hear your voice and walk in the way that you are calling us to walk. God, that we wouldn't just be, have selective hearing this morning. God, but we would hear what you are calling us to. So would you have your way in our lives? And it's in your name I pray, amen. Would you join us this morning?